everyone. Welcome to this new episode of Caroline Talks on the Colin app. Oh, oh, let me start over. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Caroline Talks. This is a special episode for Dramas with Care, which is kind of my, this is going to be, I think I'm going to call it my sub-sub podcast on, um, of my main drama podcast beyond the romance but i'm going to use dramas with carrie as a podcast here on colin and i'm going to keep using the same hashtag that i use for my life tweets this is ridiculous i this is my second time doing this <laughs> i was on mute i did a really good recording at the beginning and i was on mute i can't believe this oh my god um <laughs> oh joy come back <laughs> i'm gonna have to cut this entire part out but you know i'm not that's the fun part of it. Like, podcasting can be, like, yeah. Such is my life. I can't believe I was on mute. Um, so, as I said, this, ep- this special episode of Dramas with Carrie is going to be um, about the dramas that are comforting to me. Those are, like, the com- my comfort dramas, the dramas that I watch to be comforted and that I watch for the familiarity of them. And then there's the ones good for a cathartic cry. And then there's the dramas um, that you watch just you know just like the ones that make you weep if you want to if you want the catharsis of a good cry these are the ones that i watched that i that have are the ones i've watched that just like got me put me right in the feels and then i'm going to get into the dramas that i'm currently watching um and so the first one which is a comforting drama that i'm going to talk about and i'm going to be joined by a couple friends eventually um the first one i'm going to talk about is dr Kim, or Dr. Romantic Kim, or the full name is Dr. Romantic Teacher Kim, and this one is two seasons, and I'm not sure if, I think they're planning a third season, which I don't mind, normally I am not really a fan of multiple season dramas, but Dr. Kim is one that I think can really work with a third season, because they've built, you can, from the first season, you could tell that the right, the direct, the intent of having multiple seasons, and they, de- and they developed the story so well, and season two is one of my favorite seasons, but season one, um, is really well done and i'm good but i'm gonna probably talk more about season two because it's one that i really relate to and romantic dr romantic you can find this on vicky um is a medical drama is to me it's one of my favorite um medical dramas it's so well directed so well written and so well acted. the cast is phenomenal like the the main um character Kim Sabu, or Master Kim or Teacher Kim, is played by Han Suk Kyo, and he's one of my favorite male Korean actors. He's so good, and he plays a a, a sur- general surgeon. So he's a, a surgeon who specializes in in different types of surgery, and he's a doctor at this at Doldum Hospital, which stands for Stonewall Hospital. And it, and I kind of like how they play use the the name of the show, of the of the hospital as a play for like making the hospital a character itself in the in the show. But it also, the first season stars Yoon Yo-suk as Kang Dong-ju, So Yeon-jin as Yoon So-jung, Kim Hong-pa as Yoon Won-yoon, and Jin Kyung as Oh Mong-shim, and Kim Min-jae as Park Min-ta. I love Kim Min-jae. I love his voice as an actor. He's so good. Um, His voice kind of reminds me of Lee suk yeon and I just, their voices just like really speak to me. You know, they're so resonant. But I love Dr. Kim because like this man, he is frustrating. But it's also like he's so like admirable as a character, as a doctor. He's so very he's very principled. If he believes something, he believes it with his entire being. And um, but he is also open to correction. Usually from the nurse or the head nurse Oh Myung Shim, like he does not mess with her. No one at the hospital messes with her. Because when she finally loses her temper, like he she braces everyone. She doesn't care who you are, she'll drag you, she'll drag you up and like he listens to her. 
And um, the thing with the first and second season is that it works around different characters who are, especially for younger doctors who come into Doldum Hospital, and they all have like this life lesson that they need to learn. But they also have um, their own, they of course have their own bad stories, not necessarily as traumatic as is typical for um, K-dramas, but like they do have their own backstories. They have their own ways of how that affects the way they see the world and how they inter- interact with teacher Kim. And they teach him a lesson too. Kim Sabo, as I said, is very principled, but like these young people teach him that you, sir, because you are older, because you are, you, you are worldly, you have all this experience. The doctor doesn't mean that you know everything. And um, he's willing to learn to learn once they cuss him out. Usually that happens, especially for the male characters. The male characters usually like, have to be like, listen here, you're a curmudgeon, do better. Um, but season two is my favorite. So season one came out 2016, 2017, and season two was 2018, 2019. And to me, season two is special for me. And it's one of my comfort watches as I watch each season um, about three times each. And I, been, I've been going through a lot recently. Like I haven't done recordings of Beyond the Romance, podcasts or video recordings for months because I've been sick. I have multiple sclerosis and I've been having a flare up and I also had cognitive I also had COVID. So I've been sick and I've been recovering and I've been doing like a very small amount of interviews. I haven't been doing as much interviews as I normally do. And I just did not have the energy to do um to do the, the recordings. But I decided I needed to I really wanted to get back into like doing recordings for Beyond the Romance. But I decided to start back here on call and as I said I'm gonna to try to make this as a sub podcast and try to make this a bit more regular because recording here is easier for me than having to do all the editing that's involved in doing a, a pod the podcast and the YouTube video. It's so much editing and I don't have the energy for that. Um but as I said today I'm gonna to talk about my comforting, cathartic and the current what drama that I'm watching. And for season two of Dr. Kim, one of the reasons spoilers I really love this season is because it is the very first time in my entire life that I have ever seen a character go through the process and the discovery of being diagnosed with MS. And I have multiple, I have relapsed remitting MS. So there's different, there's three different, three main different types of multiple sclerosis. I have relapsed remitting um, MS. And I remember distinctly when I first watched season two, like in the halfway point, he like, Dr. Kim had been experiencing problems. He was getting pain in his hand, numbness. And he was getting not forgetful, really, but he was having problems performing surgeries because of his hands. And it was something that they had hinted at very subtly at the close to the end of season one. And that's why I say I think this drama is one of the most well-written dramas because the writer, you can see the writer leaving all of these breadcrumbs from the first season. And it pays off in the second season. It pays off so well. And I'm normally not a fan of Korean dramas having multiple seasons because I love the fact that they, you get complete stories in one season. But this is one of the ones where I'm like, I don't mind a second season or even a third. And I think they're actually in the process of producing the third season because of how well they built a lead up for a third season. You can tell the, the writer wrote with the intent to have multiple seasons. And I think for this particular story, it's um, necessary. But as I said, that's the breadcrumbs from season one. And in season two, it pays off because he gets diagnosed with MS. And around the halfway point, before they even actually say that he has been diagnosed with MS, the thought occurred to me, I'm like, does he have MS? And the reason for that was because I saw so much of myself and like my own struggles emotionally and mentally and even physically being reflected in um, Kim Sabo. And and I was like, wait, the t- numbness, the tingling, the dropping stuff. I'm like, that's me. 
And this is the very first time in my life where I saw this ha- being happening on screen. Like there's very, I've only seen MS in a character mentioned twice that I can recall in my entire life. One was, and the other time was in a show called Pearson, which was a spinoff off of the original Suits. And it was only kind of, it wasn't a major plot point, but like one of the female, the wife of one of the main characters was said to have MS. I was like, that's the second time I've ever seen that. But going back to um, Kim, Dr. Kim or Dr. Romantic, like it pays off in the second season. And I just love the fact that they did that. And they, I can tell the writer took time to do research and, um, and they, and they understood that and they made it difficult to kind of diagnose because even for as a doctor, like, um, Dr. Kim, um, Kim, he himself couldn't really diagnose himself because he himself didn't understand what his body was going through. Uh, part of that is that MS is actually very hard to diagnose. It is, and the reason it's hard to diagnose is that it presents differently in each patient. No two people will have the exact same symptoms presenting the exact same way. It took two and a half years for me to get diagnosed. And a lot of that, and in those two and a half years, I did dozens and dozens of different tests. I did blood tests. I did um, CAT scans, CT scans, MRAs, EKGs, ECGs. Um, I did like isotopic tests and that's where they literally inject you either through a syringe or IV with um radiate radioactive isotopes. <laughs> and it's kind of scary where you have a doctor say, Oh yeah, we're gonna inject you some radiation today. Um <laughs> and like you know, that's like that was part of my process. Like they had to make sure I didn't have other conditions because they didn't want to misdiagnose me and because some of my symptoms are considered atypical of MS. Um it was kind of hard. And like I, at present, I don't have any spinal lesions, thank God. But most of my lesions are, are um, I have cerebral lesions, which means I have literal scarring because that's what multiple sclerosis means. It means multiple scars, sclerosis is scars. And I have li- literal scars on my brain. And um, they develop over time. It's progressive. So like I'm going to keep developing more and more scars on my brain. And it affects you physically, mentally, cognitively. And I just like it really touched me to see that being reflected in the character. I think one of the reasons that I watch Doctor Romantic so much, not because it's such a great drama, just like as I said, written, directed, and acted, but I finally watch it when I'm going through a lot mentally. And this year has been rough, has been very, very rough. And I just was, and I, I don't know, I didn't cognitive, I didn't consciously think to watch it because I saw, because I relate to it so much. I just was like, I need to watch something that I'm familiar with. What should I watch? I just randomly started to watch. Dr. Kim and I'm I started season two this morning and I'm just like you know what I like that I like knowing that I'm of where the story is going to go and that's one of the things about comforting dramas other it's a film for for films too like we watch these things because we know how the story is going to end we're not going to be get we're not going to get surprised with anything that might trigger us or um, trigger or you know if we're especially going through something out especially if we're going through a lot mentally emotionally you're not going to watch Something that you're hopefully not, if you're watching a new drama, you're like, oh my God, I hope this thing doesn't piss me off. Which I'm going to get into for current watches because there's a drama tomorrow that has been <sighs> testing me, testing my patience, testing my annoyance because they, the writer, I'm like, did this person do any kind of research? Um, but Dr. Kim is one that I just bought for comfort. And for catharsis, the one of the dramas that, and another, oh, sorry, and another drama that I watch for comforting is Goblin. Goblin is one of my comforting dramas. Like, I love it. It's not perfect. God knows it's not perfect because, like, as time goes on, <laughs> you're right. You know what? This isn't exactly well, like, done, especially the age difference. A lot of people have a problem with Goblin because of the age difference. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, like, the cinematography, the fashion, the acting, top notch, top tier. 
some of the masks. And like, uh, and then of course there's like the bromance between Reaper and Goblin, played by Idang Luke and Kong Yu. And like their their bromance has is a stuff of legends. Like it actually has created so many memes, and it has affected and influenced so many dramas after Goblin came out. There's so many dramas, only just Korean dramas, but I've seen such so much references to Goblin in Japanese dramas, in Chinese mainland Chinese dramas, Thai Taiwanese dramas, Thai um. Thai dramas from Thailand, it has become a cultural phenomenon, and I just love that. And 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 the fact that and it has become a cultural phenomenon mainly because of the bromance between Reaper and Goblin. So I think that's amazing. And another drama that I watch for comfort um, is Coffee Breaks. Now that's another classic starring Gong Yu, and that one is older. It's two thousand and seven. Fashion was horrendous. Two thousand was not kind to any of us when it came to fashion. Ooh, it was bad. Um, but it, it, one of the things about Coffee Prince is like the romance between, between Untak and let me look up because as I said, my memory is not as good as it should be. So let me look up so I remember the characters' names. Coffee Prince. Uh, Right, so the main characters are Han Kyu played by Gong Yu and Un Chan played by Am Yoon and Che Han Sung played by Yi Sung Kyan and Han Yu Ju played by Che Jung An. And like it is a classic, and I love this because again, I know exactly where it's going, but also because it's water, it's very well written for one, very well acted, and it has this another one that has become a cultural phenomenon, and it's like a classic, a Korean a classic Korean drama and a lot of that has to do with the fact that what a lot of the story the whole storyline of Coffee Prince is still applicable to today like women are still judged and held up to these specific gender um stereotypes and gender expect expectations because society is very patriarchal and society not only South Korea but society anywhere like but based on patriarchal ideas of femininity and sexuality and gender and the show, a show addresses all of that, including um, LGBTQ representation. And it's not to me, it's not queer baiting because it's never set up as being um, a romance between two men. It's, it's just that one of the characters, the main character, Hangu, believes that Wun Chan is a man. And like it's not queer baiting because like, we as the audience know that she is a girl and she's just being mistaken of being a man because she wears specific clothing and she has short hair and a lot has to do with like gender expectations like women are supposed to have like long hair so like any woman that has short hair is like seen as tomboyish or he miss and like he mistakes her for a guy and it makes no sense because like his cousin handsome never mistakes her for his cousin is like wait you're a girl and then but again it has to do with how it has to do with how men who see women as women and, and young girls as young girls, but then it also has to do with how men, Han Gil is his, he's a representation of male patriarchy, where he, if he sees a woman who is not super feminine or who does not dress very feminine, he doesn't, like, in his mind, he's like thinking, oh, but it has to be a guy. So he buys in and believes that Wuchan is a guy when he, because he assumes she's a boy, because even though she, she doesn't explicitly say she's a guy, he just assumes she is, because she's also doing specific types of jobs like delivering food. Um, but I'm not, this is not a recap for Coffee Prince, but I'm saying that's just one of my comfort watches. And then um, for cathartic watches, there is, of course, it's okay to not be okay, um, which was released in. 2014 and 
no sorry not it's okay not be okay it's um okay that's love um sorry Ugh, i'm missing my ears um it's okay that's love is 2014 and this is one of the best written dramas i believe that handles mental illness and acknowledges how men people with mental illness need therapy need counseling need psychological help and it addresses that in a very smart of course like there's a romance because it's a k-drama you know like they're like it's a romance but like they, they also take time to develop mental this the size stories of mental illness because like there's different characters with different types of mental mental illness and it taught and it deals with um like eating disorders grief how grief can actually lead to the development of mental illness and the acting in this drama, oh my gosh, he, uh, one of the, I think one of the best, or most famous surprises of this is the character of Han Gongu, played by Do Kyung Soo. And if you're not familiar with K-pop, um, Kyung Soo is a member of a K-pop group called EXO. And I think he is the best example of how an actor has very successfully transitioned from being strictly a musician to being both a musician and an actor. And he's such a fantastic actor. I think this is also the role that also won him his first major acting award. If it was not this, I think it's an um I believe it was this. I think he won his first major acting award for this. And um if it wasn't this, it was probably maybe for a hundred days my prince, but I believe he won for it's okay that stuff. But this drama is Cathartic cries, boohoo, cry, you, you're, it's not rolling down your face, he's just watering like a fountain, the tears, the revelations, the plot twist, oh my god, the plot twist in this drama, I've seen it probably twice, and like, I probably want, I think I'm going to watch it again soon, because it's so good, but also, like, I know I need to have the tissues handy, because I will be bawling my eyes out, and, um, just, like, the tears, the, the, the emotions, and another, um, and the other cast in um, It's Okay, That's Love is Zoe Song, who plays Jang Jae-yol, Kong Yoo-jin, who plays Ji Hee-so. So um, Kong Yoo-jin, she's actually a very well-known Korean actress. She is probably one of their most popular and one of their most awarded because she, I think the last award she won recently was for When the Camellia Blooms. I was not really a fan of the drama, but her acting, she's a, she's a consistent actress. She, she will always give a good performance. And um, it also stars Sung Dong Il, who was also in Coffee Brains. I was not a fan of his character in Coffee Brains. He grossed me out. But his character in um, It's Okay That Love was as a therapist, but he's an unconventional therapist. But then also Lee Kwang Soo as Park Soo Kyung, and Jin Kyung as Lee Young Jin. And then there's it's a whole um, ensemble cast. And it's really good. And another drama with a character that just made me ball my eyes out is... Um, It it is okay to not be okay. Um. Oh my gosh! Let me go look this up again. Where am I? Oh, I'm not finding it in Asia Wiki. Joy, and you, when you want to um tap in, just tap in when you're ready. Joy, so I'm joined by my friend Joy Clay to talk about her comfort, cathartic, and current watches. And you can start with your um joy you can start with your comfort watches first if you want to so while i'm looking you can talk about the, the dramas that are comforting for you i was thinking about like my comfort shows and i was like oh my gosh like if someone read what my comfort shows were they'd probably be like uh you like angst and death because everything <laughs> that i was like looking at is like just destruction like half of my list are lacorns and you already know what my tie shows None of them make sense and they're a mess. And then like even the Chinese ones and the K-dramas, it's just a mess. Like 
let me see. My comfort show that's a K-drama is Scent of a Woman from 2011 with uh, Lee Dong-wook and Kim Soon-ha. I love her so much. I love her since, like, my lovely Sam Soon. And um, Kim Soon-ha plays a character who finds out she has cancer and she basically has, like, six months to live. And she, like, quits her job. She's like, F everything because they already said she stole the ring. She... uh she goes on a trip to Okinawa and then she meets Lee Dong-wook's um, character and they have fun and they fall in love. But then as you know, with everything, like someone secondly comes in and breaks them up. Anyways, when they go back to Korea, they accidentally meet again and they like get together. But she's literally going through her cancer treatments and going through everything. And it's so sad because you're just like, I want you to live and I want you to fall in love. And with everything, I feel like Lee Dong-wook has never had a character where he didn't have a tragic backstory. And yes, that's right. Why, like, right? Like, he he didn't have a mom in this one, and he was like a rich chibol, and his dad was horrible, and he was supposed to marry this woman. Then he falls in love with this poor girl, and then it's just like, it's so sad because, like, I can tell you the episodes I cry at, and I don't cry, but, like, I cried on episode eight, I cried on episode 12. Oh my gosh. Episode 12, like there's like a marriage proposal and all of that. And she's like, no. And then she faints. It's just so sad. And then you have episode 15 when she, her mom finds out that like she has cancer and they're dancing under the moonlight. And then it's just so sad. And then episode 16, I'm just a mess. Like Mm -hmm. every year I watch this show. Like, I call my best friend. I'm like, Deborah, please don't die. And she's like, you stop watching this show. You've been watching it since 2011. So, <laughs> you know, it's a mess. And then I am with you. It's funny that you say that A Stand Up Woman is one of your comfort dramas because it was actually going to kind of put it as one of my cathartic dramas as it were. It like makes me cry so much. Yeah. Like the scene, uh, but it's also so good because it has that classic tango scene where they do the tango and it's. The, the tension, the sexuality, that to me, that's one of my favorite also, that's also one of my favorite dance scenes in any film yeah. or drama ever, because it's so well done, and like, the chemistry between them is so good, and it's just she, like, oh, you don't look like you being all sensual and sexy, and getting like, was, his kiss scenes are always good, he always goes like, full into his kiss scenes. Oh, yeah, like, devours the face, like, I was just like, sir, <laughs> what is going on? No, but like there's two tango scenes, like the first one when they're dancing and then they walk backwards and then she like her back is on the on the mirror. Oh, my gosh. I was just like, hello. Mm-hmm. And someone do that to me. And then the other tango scene like that is the heat when he literally just drives there, takes off his jacket and then walks towards her. And you're just like, oh. and then they're just take me now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It was so good. I was just, you know, I watched this at work when I was working. And, like, my boss was like, because I kept gasping. And she was like, are you okay, Jojo? And I was like, <laughs> because, like, oh, literally. Yeah, you're, you're, in, you're breaking up just a bit. Where are you? Are you, like, close to a radio or something? No, I'm, like, hiding in the closet. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, because your signal, I think you're, be- you're better now. Your signal is better now. Yeah, so I'm like, you're hiding it's because they're, they're doing stuff outside, so everything is, like, super loud. And I can't. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I'm in in my closet. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, but I, I love like, Santa World Woman. The ending. Oh my! Like when I that's why it's like cathartic because like I cry. Episode sixteen makes you cry when they're sitting down underneath the tree. Oh yes. 
Oh my god. You know what I actually love about like the ending? It's that they didn't give us hope. You know, every like drama is always like miraculous. You like you survive and you don't have cancer or anything at all or anything. But on this one, it wasn't like that. What I loved about it is they left that note like, you know, it's a miracle she's alive, but we don't know how much time she has because she's still deteriorating. Yeah. And like Evan talked about like donation, like donating your organs and how she can do that. Like they talk about these little bits and pieces of stuff. And I thought like, wow, this is amazing. Like, yeah. Um, it's a beautiful drama. Yes. <laughs> it is. So I, I, so one of the things that I was going to say, I was, cause one of the other dramas I was going to mention as cathartic drama and like, it makes me cry is, is okay to not be okay so this one is mm-hmm. a more recent drama because this one came out in 2020 um which feels so long ago oh my gosh it feels oh, 2020 yeah. feels like ages ago and this yeah. one stars kim soo young as moon kang tae so yeji as, as ko moon young and old jung se as moon sang tae so one of the things i love about this drama because it's it's very similar to it's okay to that's love in that it the main premise is based on mental illness and therapy and actually getting therapy, acknowledging that you need help. So that's the big thing with the drama. So the big thing with the drama is people realizing that they need help and seeking and actively seeking out that help and how it, and it talks about how mental illness is not easily something you just get over. It's not about mind over matter. It's about effort. You have to put in effort and it's something, and it's a lifelong struggle and things like and it talks about how grief can actually cause mental illness because it can cause a psychological break and there's a character um a psych character who deals with that because it takes place halfway be- um in uh, one of the major stats is a psychiatric hospital where moon kante works as a nurse aide and like there's a character who is dealing with the loss and grief and the way that how that is just portrayed i think was done so well um the, the drama is not perfect none of the dramas that we've mm-hmm. talked about are perfect because like Let's face it, Korean dramas, Asian dramas in general, there is a lot of stigmatization that is still present um, in these dramas because there's a lot of stigmatization and marginalization of people from vulnerable um, communities in these countries and around the world, like in North America too, like there's no world where people from marginalized communities aren't stigmatized. Um, mm-hmm. But like in a lot of the older dramas, like they did not handle things like mental health very, very well. But that's why it shows that it's okay. That's love. Where I think where have become such touchstones for fans of dramas because it, like that was one of the dramas that handled it really well. And mm-hmm. it's okay to that to not be okay. Doesn't I think it does an admirable job. It's not perfect. I think it's okay. That's that's love. Does it a bit better? But one of the things, one of the redeeming qualities for it's okay to not be okay for me is the cast. And one of mm-hmm. the side characters is um um. Let me look at me sure. Played by Dong. Yeah, played by Kwak Dong Yun. Uh, he plays a character called Kwan Di, Kwan Gido. And he, he broke my heart. I, Kwak Dong Yun has, is such a great actor. And he's always played mostly supporting roles. And this one, he's playing a supporting role, but he just really shines in this role. And he shines in this, in this film. I can't, I want him. To really get um a to really get a really good character that he does a lead oh character not just a sub a side character because he after he did um it's okay to not be okay he did um Vincenzo and in Vincenzo mm-hmm. he's another this is another character who's like it bro he just broke your heart and you wanted so much better for him and I'm like they did my boy dirty 
he deserves so much better than what he got. His character this deserves so much better than what he got in Vincenzo. I'm still bitter about that. I'll probably never rewatch Vincenzo because of how his character was treated. Because in my head, canon, he deserves a better ending, and he gets a better ending. Um, <laughs> but Kwok Dong Yan has he's he's doing so well. Like his character in is okay to not be okay. Broke absolutely broke my heart. And his uh, a lot of his side story has to do with how emotional neglect. Um, can affect people even as adults. Like most people, when you talk about emotional neglect, but tro- like they they usually talk about how it affects children, but it shows like how emotional neglect can affect adults. Like emotional mm-hmm. neglect from a parent can affect adults, and he just absolutely broke my heart. I like him too. He's so good. Cause <laughs> let me see his yeah. next. Cause after he, he... did the pencil, did ahead, you no, see him? Did you see him in my strange hero? Like he was like he wasn't a good guy but like you could see that his relationship with his mom like he plays these roles even if you're supposed to hate him you feel something for him you're he's like you're empathetic towards him i guess or sympathetic towards him because of his background like his mom was trash no offense like but i feel like the only time i've seen him like not go through something as tragic was in Never Twice, but I haven't watched that, but I've seen like clips of it and it's uh, about a single mom. It's like a family drama. Have you seen that one? Which one? Never Twice. It's from 2019. I, yeah, I've heard of that one, but that's one that I haven't seen. Um, yeah. So, so I, feel like that's, that's, I feel like that's the only drama that he's in that he wasn't like sad. Um, yeah, he, he yeah. does tend to play kind of like tragic-ish characters. Um, because after, cool. yeah, after Vincenzo, he's going to be in Big Mouse, which is being released this year. Um, and that one is, it's going to be released in July, so in a couple months. And that one is one, is the one by Lee Jong Suk, and that's going to be his first role since he, um, mm-hmm. was discharged from the army. And after Big Mouse, he, like another one that came out at the app, well, it came out at the end of 2021 and the beginning of 2022 was Our Beloved Summer. I have not seen that one yet. But I am still, like, bitter about how Vincenzo treated his character. He was just, he just broke my heart. He just mm. absolutely broke my heart. And, like, you're right. He He's never really played a character where he's, like, been completely happy. Like, somebody give this mm. man a comedy, for goodness sakes. He has a beautiful <laughs> smile. I want to see more of it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, he was just in something. Monster or something. He was in Monstrous. And Monstrous is, like, forgettable. <gasps> oh, no. I wanted to watch that. Mostly because he's in it and because, you know, it has, like, all darkness. And I was like, oh, this is yeah. a drama Monstrous is the one that I told you that is basically, like, dark hole. Oh, oh, no. Okay. It's like, mind. I, it's like. A mix of Dark Hole and like the whole zombie thing, and his character like you don't even I don't even remember his character in Monstrous. No. Oh my god, I think he was just a side character. He just had a small role. His yeah, he just had a small supporting role, and like Monstrous is it had a good premise, but oh the execution god. was not well done. It wasn't executed well. Um, I think Monstrous could have been a film. It should have been a film. Oh, it should yeah. have been a drama. Um, it was six episodes. It's a TV, TVing drama, and it could. It was six episodes. I think they could have just made this into a film. Um, but I do not remember his character monstrous because it was small. And like just the drama itself is kind of forgettable, which is on, which is rewritable. Yeah. But I'm going to check on Never Twice. And before Never Twice, he was in Doctor Detective. 
And I saw that one. Yes, that's one that was actually, that one's in 2019, but that one is also one that was kind of interesting because that one talked about, um, how, about how South Korea still has so much work to do with protecting workers' rights and worker, mm-hmm. um, worker health and safety. And it talked, and they, and I believe it was this one where after each episode, they showed you how the cases that the show is based on are real cases in Korea because they talked about how, um, lack of health and safety regulation, um, and yeah. loss to protect employees and loss to protect people who work in specific industries leads to loss of life in real Korean society. It even talks about how there was a character, this guy who worked on a film set com- committed suicide because of how, of mistreatment from the director oh, and the crew. So yeah. it, it talks, it talks about those kind of things. And it talks about, you know, in, like we know in Korea and I believe they have them in Japan too, where the subway, they have, you know, like the, the glass walls that oh, yeah. open when the train door turns up so they talk about the reason those those actually even exist is because a guy was killed um on the train tracks so they put them up to prevent an accident like that happening again so it talks about yeah. like cases that like how like it talks and it talks oh look there's josie and it's also about how like there's there is this lawyer who was an, a, a very well-known advocate for workers rights in south korea and he was i believe a if he wasn't a consultant, like his his um legal papers and his research and stuff was part of the was part of the research done for the show. So Doctor Detective was amazing. I it kind of funny like how we kind of this is the one of the things I love about my show talking about dramas. How you can talk about one thing and talk end up talking about something else because we were talking about comforting dramas <laughs> and we and we started talking about our uh, Don Young because he's so great. And, and then we ended up talking about another drama that he was in. But he's so good. I I, I want to check out more of his dramas because that's something I do. But I, there's an actor that I'm really impressed with. I try, I go, I usually go through their um their filmographies and I look to see what they've been in and I try to watch them. So like for I'm going to try to watch um maybe not Never Twice. <laughs> I yeah. want to see this man is something happy. But I have seen my idea is Gangnam Beauty and that one is really good too. It's surprising. I'm not a fan yeah. of the lead actors. But I do like how oh, he no. talks about um, beauty standards and stuff. That one stars um Chan um Wu Chano or Chan Wu. What am I saying? I'm mixing up his name. You know what I mean? <laughs> Chan Wu Chan Wu. Yeah, my guy from Astro. Um. <laughs> so before we get into talking about current watches, is there another comfort watch that you want to mention, or another cathartic drama watch you want to mention, and then we can bring in Josie? I'm gonna invite Josie to speak. But um, Joy, is there any dra- another drama you want to watch that's either your comfort or your cathartic? Um, I'm gonna watch. talk about another comfort because, like, all my cathartic dramas are like J dramas that just deal with social issues, and you're just gonna cry. So I'll talk no, about that. No, you can talk about your J dramas. This is not only strictly Korean dramas. You know me. I I'm, I believe in giving, um, in in giving fear due to like Asian dramas across the board. I am not. This is so, not a podcast. A space where I only give like to Korean dramas, like all Asian dramas that we watch. Okay, then I'll talk about those like after Josie comes on. But like the comfort drama that I absolutely love and watch every year since 2012 is Yellow Boots or Ice Adonis. It's 108 episodes. And let me tell you, the revenge that is in this drama, like, you don't even understand. Like, oh, my gosh. Okay, so Yellow Boots starts, um, what is her name? Why am I doing this? Lee Yuri. And she's basically the queen of daily dramas. And there's Yoon Ah Jung, who I don't see. 
as much anymore. And then Hung Wung Sung and Jung Chan. Like, if you watch dailies, then you know their names. But if you don't, you're going to be like, who the heck is this? But anyways, so this drama is about um, Lee Yuri, and she plays So Yun Ha. And uh, she ends up going to jail because they said she killed someone. She she did not kill anybody. But it says <laughs> that she killed her baby daddy's um, sister in an accident. It's actually her stepsister who killed the woman. And it's just like it goes through years and years of her in jail, having a baby, finding out that the baby died. The baby ain't died. Anyways, like it was just it's a mess. And the thing is, like, it's her step family who is doing all this evil to her and every single episode after like I feel like we get to the episode 50 before she gets out and she's like I'm gonna take revenge she just goes full on like she's I'm taking the company I'm taking your house I'm taking your car I'm taking your dog like I'm taking everything and like this shouldn't be a comfort thing because so many things are happening like people falling off the cliffs getting into comas um, almost dying multiple times like espionage everywhere like oh my gosh the amount of times the grandma the step grandma kept on paying people off is insane but like i love every moment of it and it's literally 108 episodes and every year i take off like two or three days just to rewatch it like day and night i'm not even kidding oh my gosh just death at every turn (laughs) Yeah, it's like just like people just dying every time. People getting stabbed. Like the amount of times the mom fell off of the stairs or a cliff. Like I feel like they were doing a drinking game on Zombie, the forum, because she kept falling into comas. I was just like, what the heck is she doing? It was insane. <laughs> Anyways, well, yeah, that's it. I mean, compared to like my Thai dramas, this is so tame. I know you're you're Thai and you're Lacorns. Oh my gosh, the stories! I really do need. I want to start watching more Thai dramas. There was one I was watching um recently that I was watching on the plane coming back from Barbados. I think it's called The Girl from Nowhere. That drama makes absolutely no sense. No, it makes no no sense. No, let's watch it again. I will watch season one and two with you. That is the devil. There's two seasons of it. I have to finish watching. I only watched that because I was watching it on the plane. Um, on my way back from Barbados here to Toronto, and I watched because I, I had downloaded the episodes on my phone so that I can watch them on the mm-hmm. plane. Because you know I ain't got no money to be paid for it while I'm playing. But I watched the first two episodes. Um, and I was like, "What the hell is going on up in here?" I'm like, "Is this supposed to be fat? Is is this supposed to be like some kind of not magical realism, but it's supposed to be like fantasy, but still very much rooted in reality where it's not pre- being presented as fantasy?" Because the things that was happening, I'm like, "This better be supernatural and fantasy because none of this shit don't make no sense." <laughs> Like the whole uh, the thing with the girl that's the artist because I understood the metaphors because it's talking about like the one for the third episode where she's um she she got jealous and she and she basically plagiarized other people's artwork oh, and they were like yeah. oh, she's an amazing artist I'm like this shit makes no sense because like how do these people not know that this girl did not paint these paintings because some of them are paintings that I recognize I'm like yeah. how did they think she painted these when they're legit printed like all she did was print them off. Mm-hmm. Remove the remove the signatures, print them off, and they just slash red print and red paint on them. I'm like, how do these people not know that these are printed? That she did not literally just physically paint them. And it was one thing if she was like an art where she was an art genius and she's yeah. just like really good at copying painting. You know, there are people who specialize in copying paintings. 
Like, if she had yeah. done it, she just, like, painted. It's like, they're not her original ideas, but she just actually painted them. That would be different. But it's like, no. She just got her Xerox printer and printed them off and slashed red print over. And people, oh, my God, she's a fantastic printer. She won all these awards. And, like, I'm like, what? This is making it's- no sense. So, like, it legit... I'm like, are we the audience supposed to suspect? I'm like, I can. There's not a bungee cord long enough for me to suspend my d- disbelief. No, like to, she to the point where I can't believe this. She did that to her on purpose. Like it's like she's kind of switching the everyone's mindset. So it's like you have to produce more. You have but to continue. I, I kind of understood more. that because yeah. it's talking about the dangers and the pitfalls of jealousy and how like your own ambition and your own jealousy will be your downfall. Like, I understood downfall, that. Yeah. I understood the concept and the premise and the m- metaphor and the the life lesson being taught, but it's just how it's actually being executed in the drama itself. Because like the teachers, all these people, like the girl, like the friend of the one of the painters that she plagiarized, came up and said, yeah. "This is not her painting," and she presented legitimate proof that this is not her painting and then she's like paint so the girl just paints and all she paints is this uh but ugly painting of a of a not even she didn't even actually do an actual paint all she did was just like lines on a paper and it looked like a fall from a distance and they're like see this is proof that she is a a genius painter i'm like excuse me what is happening here what is going on is this about Like, look at all the, like, this K-pop people that we listen to. Like, your fans are always, even if your stuff is trash, like, they're (laughs) automatically gonna, no, like, but that was the thing that they did. They were like, because they have it in their mind that, oh my gosh, she's a genius. It doesn't matter if she writes, she draws stick figures. They're gonna be like, (gasps) amazing. Like, there are, I feel like there's only like three or four groups of people that every song they put out, I have loved every single thing. But you see fans who are like, this is phenomenal, breathtaking. I love everything. And you're like, no, this is a piece of trash. Like, don't do this. That's but really that's good really point. Really yeah. That's really good that point. Because was- that happens with film too. Because there are filmmakers and people see the films and they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And me with my oh, critical no. eye. Excuse <laughs> you? What? Huh? Like, yeah. a more recent example is Avatar. Like, no one asks for Avatar sequels, but James Cameron no. is determined to do it. And we're going to get multiple sequels because this man has apparently money to burn. Mm-hmm. And he, I know he filmed them back to back one time. So, like, I think it was over the space of, like, three, four years he filmed all of these films back to back. And, like, we saw the pictures, the, the film still, like, looks, looks trash, horrible. but then it's also, you got the Navi with braids and locks and cornrows, and I'm like, me as a black woman, like, ha, 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 no. But then it's like, <laughs> taking that aside, you just look at them and it's like, this does not look good. But then there are people no. saying, oh my yep. God, this looks amazing. And you're mm-hmm. right. I should look at the film, the show from that perspective. I should, yeah. you know what? Thank you, Joy. That's what I'm going to do. Because I, I, I'm curious about finishing the show. So I will watch The Girl from Nowhere. I will finish yeah. it and see. I will look at it with that perspective that you just gave. Which is like we are supposed to look at the people who, who believe this nonsense as being um so bought into this whole idea. Like they are like fans of like people who like they mm-hmm. ob- their objectivity no longer exists. That's what I'm going to do. And I, it will be interesting to see what episode four is like because from what i'm getting each episode is different like they're not exactly oh, yeah. in the same reality it's kind of like an mm-hmm. anthology series because each story each episode is very within its own thing like there is no um there's no through line from each no. um through all the episodes so they're not like interconnected the only connection is the main character and the fact she goes here to deliver justice and i'm no. like your justice is kind of screwed 
because what she did to that girl in the first episode, I'm like, that's messed up. The girl that died, I'm like, that's messed up. You victimized this girl to get back at her dad. That's messed up. She's the she's the devil's daughter. She's just like doing everything. Like every human has like a choice. And she just puts a seed in front of them or like something. And they have to decide to choose whatever they choose. It's true. Like, but what about the yeah. girl in the first one, the girl where, you know, the teacher, the, um, the episode about the teacher, she got yeah. the teacher's daughter killed. And that girl is just an innocent bystander. She's just collateral damage. I'm like, how are you going to victimize this girl? Like yeah. your justice is not justified. Your justice is not righteous because of the actions that you take to do it. You know, yeah. like what she did to the dad, I kind of get, but then I'm also like, you're victimizing his daughter. To get back at mm-hmm. him, like your justice is not justified. It's not righteous. Um, oh, so, our, so exactly, <laughs> Josie. We're before we get into our current watches. That like, Josie, do you want to share your cathartic and comfort watches? Like for me, my cathartic watch, my cathartic watches. No, let me start. My comfort watches are Doctor Kim, Coffee Prince, and um, what the heck was my second one? <laughs> my memory. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, Goblin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And my cathartic watches are It's Okay, That's Love, and It's Okay to Not Be Okay, um, because mainly because of the characters. So for Josie, what are your cathartic watches and what are your comfort watches? And then we're going to get into our current watches. Uh, I'm still laughing at the thing that you said about that girl going to Xerox to print out the printing. I'm still laughing at that. But yes, I only have three, actually. I just have... Um, Life is Beautiful, which is a weekend drama from like yeah, 2010. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know why it's cathartic. I don't know why I watch it. I don't know why every single time I watch, I start crying. I really don't know. Um, it could be the fact that it was probably the first time I'd seen and a member of like the LGBTQ, um, a member of the LGBT family on screen on a weekend family drama. Mm-hmm. And I guess this the character is just felt really similar to my family and like our dynamic. And then my second one is probably number two. Number two I'll produce, which is a J drama back from way back in the day with um Kame and um uh oh my god, I'm j i am I know his face. I love him so much. Tomo. Kame and Tomo. (laughs) (laughs) And then my daily that I watch, probably an episode every once in a while, whenever life gets hard, is Glass Mask. And I don't know. I just think that the revenge is really, really, really good. Like, I don't know why that girl, her dad is a whole murderer. (laughs) And she is going around just getting revenge on everybody and their mom. And I just, and I miss so, so much. She's so talented and I wish she would come back and where is she? Come back soon. Can we talk about those are my friends? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Glass Pass was a trip. When I say a trip, a whole trip. And that actor, I have not seen him in a while, but I know the mm-hmm. other girl, her stepsister, She's now like a mom now in daily dramas. Mm-hmm. Like I think I saw yeah. her once as like a young mom, and but woo girl, woo girl, like when she came into that company and pretended to be somebody else and was taking names and mm. had a whole child. Was that really your child? Like, <laughs> like 
Carrie, I don't like you do not understand the way this drama starts. Like somebody kills her her dad or like her parents and then he adopts her. And then like her stepmom or her half mom, who she doesn't even know who she really is until the revenge, like, oh my gosh, she goes and takes a baby. Like it was a mess. Like people were just dropping on episode one. I'm sorry, Josie, continue. <laughs> No, but those are my only two. No, my three. Three. Two K-dramas and one J-drama. But yeah, I watch those over and over and over. But Life is Beautiful is definitely maybe like a holiday time drama to watch. Kind of around, you know, it's getting colder outside, families in the house. It's definitely that. So, but yeah. (laughs) Here y'all. Um... (laughs) Um, my current watches, um, one of them is actually I mentioned as one of my comfort watches, which is Dr. Kim. So I started watch, rewatching season two of Dr. Kim this morning because I rewatched season one um, from Wednesday to Friday. And this is like my probably my fourth time watching each season each. Um, and another watch, another drama that I'm currently watching is <laughs> Tomorrow. So I'm not going to go too in-depth into tomorrow for right now because it's still showing. Um, I think we have one more week because it's up to episode 14 on Netflix because it's um, being platformed on Netflix. And I only, because I was, as I said, I was traveling in Barbados, so I didn't, I wasn't able to watch, keep up with my dramas the way I wanted to in Barbados because I was watch, I was at the beach. And also my 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 internet there was not um, as convenient as I wanted it to be but I today I watched episodes 11 to 13 and I haven't I still have major issues with this drama and the only reason I am watching it is because I am curious to see the storyline between Park Jung-kil played by Lee Soo-yuk and Kurian played by Kim Hee-sung I want to see how that story is going to get resolved because their their storyline is kind of interesting to me and also I'm again watching for the cast and the fashion, like the costume department, props to them. They're like, if one thing I wish Korean um, awards did when it comes to dramas it was to award specific departments like production, set design, as well as um, costume design. So, like, things for like the Beck Sangs and the Day Sangs, they don't give up awards for that. They only give up awards mainly for acting, directing, and writing, but they don't give up like individual department awards, like for editing, costume design, set design production that kind of stuff i wish it did because this drama would definitely be up there like the costuming for this drama is so good um but the cast is also really good the cast is really interesting um because it has as they say kimmy son uh, who is also i think he's done a really good job transitioning from um uh, being a musician to an actor because he's a member of sf9 one of my favorite k-pop groups and he plays um Che Junung and Lee Soo-yuk played, um, who plays Park Jung-kil, Yoon Ji-yeon plays um, Lee Rung-gu, and Kim Hye-suk plays King of Heaven. I don't know why they have it as King of Heaven when her character is, um, is, isn't her, her, her character, she, like, she's interesting because she's kind of like the overlord of the of purgatory. They don't call it purgatory. Um, the word they use is Jamdung-muj, I believe, is a made-up term for purgatory specifically for this drama. Um, but, uh, I'm watching mainly for the, for the cast and for the fashion. And the reason for that is because this drama, uh, which I'm finding to be a trend with these dramas being platformed on Netflix, um, in particular is that it's not handling issues of mental health very well. And 
the writing has gotten weaker with each successive episode. And this is a trend I'm noticing with these Netflix dramas. And I've been noticing it over the last year where, and like, it's not to say this doesn't happen with other network dramas, but I'm finding that because these these dramas are produced so quickly, they're rushed. The writing is not as strong as it could be, especially when you have stories like this that deal with mental illness and things like suicide. Like suicide is literally a main plot point of this drama. And that you have, um, Korun, Am Jung-un, and Rungu, who are members of, um, they're, they're this team that are supposed to help people at, when they're at the brink of committing suicide because their job is to stop them from committing suicide. And I'm like, you kind of like, they help, especially um, Korun's character. She helps push these people to the edge. I'm like, you are supposed to prevent these people from committing suicide, but you're pushing them right to the edge so that you can then say, see, we saved you. I'm like, that's not how this works. That's not how it should work. And the writing does not address mental health at all you have characters who are suicidal all of them are suicidal all the characters that they're supposed to say are suicidal but then like the things that lead them up to that point like um a character who's facing the death of um who, who's feeling guilty because of his wife that he's blaming himself and then there's another female character in episode 10 who has a severe eating dis- um eating disability she has i i would i think it would classify as anorexia nervosa and a severe form of it and then there is like and there's that and it's like they're not tackling mental health they're not showing how people with mental illness should receive psychological treatment nowhere none up to episode 13 has i heard the words mental health therapy counseling mentioned joy and josie i think you're watching this too you can let me know if i'm wrong but i have yet heard any of these words or phrases being mentioned in this drama and i think it's ridiculous i think it's terrible messaging and one of the other things as a disabled person that bothers me is how they use disability as a punishment in this drama like there are characters who are being sent to hell but before they go to hell like they're they're made disabled and um, i'm like why are you treating disability as a punishment I don't see being disabled as a punishment. Many people I know who are disabled don't see it as a punishment for the life they've led or for any art as a punishment of something that someone has done. Like, yes, being disabled is challenging. Being disabled is can be emotionally and mentally draining and exhausting, but it's not a punishment. Why would you portray as such? Like, that's not, I don't want to, like, I, I take umbrage at that. I'm offended by that. And... I would love to, I said this all the time, people think I'm joking, but I'm really mean it. When I said that, I would love to talk to directors and ask them, what the hell were you thinking? What the hell were they thinking? Because I know this drama is based, is an adaptation of a webtoon. And the webtoon, um, or webcomic, was written by Rama, and it's adapted by Kim Yoo-jin for the screen. And I just want to ask them exactly what they think being disabled is like. What do, what do they think of disability? What do they think of mental health and counseling? What do they think of suicide? What do they think about empathy? Because the character of Kuron, as the leader of the team, she does not show compassion at all. Her, it's her words actually that lead people to the brink of wanting to commit suicide. We've seen it happen a few times where people are literally right on the edge, ready to jump, and she pushes them and say, "Go ahead, do it." Because like this isn't going to help you. I'm like, that's not how. That's not. I'm like, where's the compassion? Where's the understanding? Where's the common sense? And that bothers me. This I'm not going to turn this into a full rant or we are a recap of tomorrow because I said it's not done. But another drama that I'm <laughs> currently watching um, that I just legit just finished watching yesterday is Melancholia. It's a beautiful drama. 
you know, beautiful gowns, beautiful gowns. And like, I, I, it's interesting because it reminds me a lot of do you like Brahms and other dramas like, um, my hollow love. And then another drama that came up recently is something, something snow winter. <laughs> yes, joy, beautiful gowns. It is a stunning drama. Like the cinema, the director. I love the directors. Um sense of aesthetics like his dramas one thing i love about his dramas that i've seen are be they're beautiful he makes some beautiful his cinematography is amazing he and his dp they know what the hell they're doing um and they can make these these weak scripts like they they make the they make these weak, weak scripts come alive visually i think very well done so like the, i would say the weakest aspect of melancholia is the writing um and some and other dramas that I'm watching, um, I'm watching a Japanese drama. Oibe. Excuse me, I'm here trying to pull up the list. I have a list and I can't I had it pulled up and it's gone. Um <laughs> and um another I've been watching um some other Japanese and Chinese dramas. So another drama that I'm watching um it's it's from mainland China and it's called Be Born Be Reborn and this one is a mystery and it's kind of slow paced and it's one of those dramas where like why are the criminals always getting away like come on I need show me the police as being effective and it's kind of funny because they're we're showing that especially the police chief and the or the captain of the team he's very smart and it kind of like this I I find I find this is a becoming a specific subgenre in Asian dramas, particularly Chinese and Japanese dramas, where I think a lot of them are specifically inspired by the Sherlock series, you know, the one that came with Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, like, they kind of have this sense where you have this super smart character and they are, um, and they're very smart, but then they also make these extremely stupid decisions. And, like, they, and then you have the cops who is kind of, like, the the supporting character. There was a character from Sherlock. I don't remember his name, but you know he's a cop that's kind of portrayed as being stupid in the original series and in also in the um in the Sherlock Holmes book series. But for these Japanese dramas, what I think what I find interesting is that they make the cops not stupid. Like the, especially for the captains of the teams, like they're also very smart. It's just that they're always two steps behind because the smart main character is not open and honest. I'm like, if you would just tell the cops what you know, they would be able to help you catch the criminals. And this guy in Be Reborn is just that like, I want to shake him and I'm like, just tell the just tell the captain what you know. Just tell him. We would be far so much further. I'm at episode eleven. I'm like, why is this not progressing? Because he's not opening his mouth and telling the truth. But I, it's interesting. <laughs> um, I'm gonna keep watching. And another one I've started recently is called Lady of Law. And this one is a mainly Chinese legal drama. It's kind of similar to one that came up recently called Why Women Love. And I love that drama. I've watched Why Why Women Love like back to back. As soon as I finished it, I started it over. That one is another mainland Chinese drama. That one is on Yoku. So it's um but I think it's available on Drama Cool now and it's also on Vicky. But I just love that one. And they're kind of like have a um what in Korean dramas is called Nuna Romance, where you have a younger um male character falling for an older female character. And it's not like a significant age gap. But I still have yet to find out what these types of dramas, if there's a specific terminology for them for, for the Chinese or Japanese dramas. For Korean dramas, we call them Luna Romances. And I know for a lot of drama fans, we kind of ascribe that term to them across the board, no matter which countries the drama's from. But that's the subplot of the drama. And it's really good. And 
Um, but I like how they're taught, but the main prom- premise of the story is these two women who are becoming friends and they're lawyers in this law firm, Ming Kang Link law firm. And, um, it's not about rivalry between the women, which I appreciate. Like, they started off as, um, you know, just like kind of figuring out each other, but they become friends. And I kind of like how the story is progressing so far. Um, and there's another drama that I'm watching, a Japanese drama called Fukukun wa Kishuru Shinkanan. I haven't spoken Japanese in a while, so my diction, my, uh, my, my diction is terrible. I just botched that. But that one is cute. It's called a, it's a BL drama. But this guy, he is what you call a disaster gay. But he's not even gay. He's just like confused and he's just like freaking out every time. He's like, oh my god, I think I'm falling for this guy. And it's a whole comedy of errors. He's just hilarious. He's funny. Um, and what else have have I been watching? Um, there is one. Um, I think it's um, <clears throat> Lady of the Butcher House or something that I. I it's another mainland Chinese drama, but. I kind of put that one on the back burner. I haven't watched it in a couple weeks. And I think those are my current watches. <coughs> Excuse me. A lot of Korean dramas ended recently. So I have to find some new ones to watch. <coughs> hey, gosh. Excuse me. <coughs> and that's it. For Joy and Josie, what are you currently watching? Josie? Joy? Oh, wait. <coughs> Are they gone? <laughs> Josie? Joy? Wait, what happened? Oh, wait, did something happen to the space? Oh, no. <coughs> I don't know what happened. Oh, wait. I think Josie's coming now. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. I was like, I don't know how to request the mic. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, what am I watching? Okay. So I'm watching a um, Hong Kong drama called Barako Karma. And the reason why I'm watching this now is because I noticed that the season two uh, just started. And so I was like, oh, might as well watch it watch the first season and watch the second season at the same time joel chan is in it he's beautiful and i love him so i watched that and that also stars selena lee and it's basically about like a tower block um where all the residents strange things are happening in the in the building i'm only up to episode two um and i'm watching that on dc um i'm watching a couple dailies as usual my favorite being again my life which is about a young girl who no that's not that's not again my life again my life is the one with um oh my gosh oh my gosh uh what's his name what's his name Lee Jun Gi and he plays a prosecutor who ends up going into um an alternate reality and he goes back in time and he's going through trying to prevent his parents' death. He's trying to prevent this huge gum, this this villain from becoming powerful. And I'm up to episode four. I'm just going through my My Drama List page. Um, finishing up Crazy Love. That's with Crystal. And um, eh, it's okay. It's a regular romance. Nothing too great. But basically, Crystal plays the character 
as like a kind of a secretary. She's disgruntled with her boss. And um, what happens is he loses his memory. She goes and she lies and says that I was his fiance. And then all the chaos ensues. I like it because I don't know if I can spoil it, but it kind of not really a spoiler if you read the synopsis, which I never do. So I was shocked <laughs> and freaking out. And then everybody's like, it was in the synopsis, Josephine. I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know. But if you read the synopsis, you realize that he never really lost his memory. He was pretending the entire time because he's trying to figure out who's trying to kill him. So it was really. <laughs> so he knows that girl was lying the entire time and he was just going with it. It's just so funny to me. Um, I'm also watching Green Mother's Club, but I have a huge problem with that because as a educator, it just bothers me. It bothers me. But it's one of those K-dramas where um, everyone, it's those mother's clubs or there's, what do they call them? Like the clubs where the moms in the neighborhood come together and they try to make sure their kids have a really good education. Mm. It's one of those dramas. And so um, one of the babies who was the little puppy from um, Ninetale. Bill Baby, that that little boy, he's the kid of the main character. And, um, yeah, he's He's having some... Yeah, he was so cute. He's still adorable. And he's having some some issues in school. But any trained educator would know, like, oh, he's just just gifted. (laughs) Like, but, you know, but, of course, with the way the education system works, super rigid. It's really inflexible. So, you know, the mom is depressed because her kid's not doing well in school. And it's just it just bothers me so much because as soon as he gets tested, his IQ's off the chart. And then that's where the plot begins. It's really based off this kid who was always smart. It was just, they didn't understand him. And, and it's, I didn't like it, but, and of course there's infidelity and people come back from her past, the mom's past. It, yeah. It's just, it's just a regular schmeggler mellow. Um, what else am I watching? Um, I'm watching My Liberation Notes, which I I think it's the only drama I cannot stop talking about on Twitter, and it's on Netflix. So beautiful because the main character, um, oh my gosh, I think any person who is either the middle child in their family or the oldest daughter who kind of just takes everything and just sits with it and doesn't say anything but secretly wants to be free will identify with this drama um it's so beautifully written and the shots the cinematography um one of the things i love which just makes me so sad all the time is at a certain point every single drama we get a scene of them going home and that's probably I don't know why it's so impactful, but it's just after a really long day, really far away, you always go home, whoever you go home with, whatever that is, whoever that looks like, it's just, you just get to go home. And I love that. And I think that's all I'm watching for now because it's graduation season and I have to get all these seniors to graduate high school. <laughs> so, you mentioned Barack Okarna, not going to lie. <laughs> When I saw the thumbnail for that drama, I laughed because you can't help see the name and not think Barack Obama. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It is one on my list because I, I when I ter- um, <clears throat> log into Drama Cool, I do see it in the thumbnails. And you talk about Crazy Love. That's one that I wanted to start because I do like the main actor. I'm not really a fan. He was trying to crystal. 
but I do like the main actor. But the synopsis, like with her pretending to be his fiance and stuff, it reminds me of that Julia Roberts movie. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but it's the one where she pretends to be like he's laying in a coma in the bed, hospital bed, and she tells his family, "Oh, I'm his fiance," and it's not that she's his fiance; it's just that she was like basically stalking this guy. She was obsessed with him, and she was she wanted to get closer to him, and she used the fact that he's in a coma. No, that years later, you realize like you know this film is kind of problematic. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, that kind of reminds me of that. Um, my liberate my liberate um liberation notes. I know that's why everyone has been talking about recently. Those are one of those that's one of those dramas that I do intend to watch when it's finished because there's a one thing I've been trying to do better at is not try to watch. Is I just want to take my time watching dramas. That it's not a competition, you know. Um, it's <clears throat> it's not a competition. I don't have. To, I'm not in competition with anyone to just watch what's trending now. I because. I, like that's just okay. me. I'm gonna watch what I want to watch, and like that was happening with twenty five twenty one. I I felt like people were in competition to make sure they watched what was trending so that they could be part of the trending conversations. But it happened to twenty five twenty one a lot. Um, I feel that happens a lot with um Netflix dramas. Yeah, specifically because like, it never really happens with anything. Else. Yeah, like people are like, oh, I'm gonna watch the thing that's trending, not because they're interested in it, but they just want to be a part of the conversation because they see these things as getting clicks, so they want to get the clicks and, and, and the engagement. I'm so cynical. I'm yeah. so jaded by life, but that's how my brain works. And it was, and it was happening a bit with 39 too, but I found it was happening mostly with 25, 21. Um. <clears throat> And um, but there's I, that's the something that's another drama that I'm gonna watch like later on on the road because I know it ends and it's just like ah uh, the, the 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 writer really pulled a fast one on the audience with twenty five twenty one but another one I didn't want to start soon is Bloody Heart that's a Korean um seiguk and um, I'm watching that today yeah that's why it's it's four episodes up now so I'm probably gonna start that maybe tomorrow or Monday and I'll another one, yeah and another one that I want to start I want to um. I want to watch a J drama. There was one that I was watching, and I can't remember the name of it. I, I suck at remembering the names, so I always go by the posters. That's how I always remember the dramas that I want to watch based on the posters. And it's not just Korean dramas too. Like it's for any drama because like you you guys know I suck at remembering the names and of books and like stuff. I have to I go by synopsis and by the poster. And another one that I want to watch is. Um, Shujiki Furusha. That's another J drama that I want to start. I always try to keep my my drama watching not just locked down to Korean dramas because I try to watch them across the board. And then like we've been watching King Porsche, uh, which is a, a BL type drama. True, true. I got my BLs in my side. <laughs> and I've been watching Plus and Minus. Don't mind I keep telling in my head I keep calling it Plus Minus. I completely take out the ad part out of it. Um, but I wanna and I do. That's what I've been watching, and um, I think those are because I try. I'm trying not to overwhelm myself because I do have to watch like, screeners, um, for for my interviews and for um, film reviews and stuff. So I can't devote all of my time just to drama watching because I watch films for work and stuff too, and for enjoyment. I try to keep my 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 screen content evenly balanced. I think I think I've been doing a good job. Um. But for you, Joy, what are your current watches? I know you, the three of us tend to watch a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> yeah, like I'm watching Kim Porsche. It's messy everywhere. <laughs> I'm, watching, messy. <laughs> I'm watching Plus and Minus. 
And then I'm watching, what is it? Bravo, my life. It's like the daily. Don't ask me what it's about. You know, I don't read synopsis. <laughs> but it's great. Everyone is working in the fashion industry. So it's, it's beautiful. There's a murder. So got to figure that out. Uh, also, let me like get the name. You know, I'm watching these two Lacorns and, um, one is Jiao Sao Jamblu. It's like, the revengeful husband, something like that. And this one is a mess. Like, I don't even know where to start. Like, they get married because, like, some her aunt is in debt and he was going to sell her to the other guy and then she accidentally gets married to this guy and they have history, but she doesn't know they have history. And then now, like, her best friend transitioned. So now her best friend um moved in but she doesn't know that's her, her best friend transition or her best friend is the reason that like her and the guy are supposed to hate each other it like it makes no sense but it's so good <laughs> and like the guy is like the mistress's son or no the guy does guy is the maid son the main guy is the maid son and it's like Let's not even talk about that. Let's talk about the drama, the Lacorn, where it's like, are you my baby daddy or is it your brother? Actually, it's, it's, <laughs> no, let me tell you about this drama. Oh my gosh. So it's called Sammy Cho Kyun. And that's probably the house you say, but I know Sammy is husband. So it's like my fake husband. So the thing is like this girl gets drunk and then she falls asleep, wakes up and she's pregnant because that happens sometimes, but like she is pregnant and she thinks it's with this guy. Like five years later, she meets this guy, the guy again, and she's like freaking out. But the guy doesn't even know who she is. Like she literally jumped out of a window, got hurt, almost got hit by a car, running away from a guy who doesn't remember her. Anyways, that's not the important part. The important part is she falls in love with his brother and that's the real baby daddy, but she doesn't know that. Why doesn't she know that? Because she forgot who was, well, she didn't forget who was laying next to her. It's literally because the real baby daddy got up to go see his ex-girlfriend and then his brother laid on the bed <laughs> and then woke up the next morning. But the thing is now, like the second girl is literally fighting against her for these two men's um, affection when they don't like her. And I'm like, this reminds me of fandoms where they will like fight for men who don't want them. And I'm always like, girl, I might not like you because you've tried to kill the main girl like five times, but like, I want better for you. So that's where we're at. Oh my that's gosh. That's a subplot. Yeah. <laughs> that is like very common like... in, that's yeah. a subplot that's common in a lot of Asian dramas, particularly if I'm Chinese, mainland Chinese yeah. dramas where there's always this female character who thinks she really likes her and is in love with the male lead. And he's like, girl, I don't like you that way. I just yeah. like you as a friend, as a little sister. And they're like, but because I like you, that means you have to like me. And it's like, get a clue. Get a hint. Leave the guy alone. This is harassment. This is stalking. Sounds it's like that. a mess. Yeah. A mess. I'm going to have to but watch that one. I need to watch a messy it, drama. It's <laughs> so good. Like, because it's just like she is in love with a real baby daddy, but she doesn't know he's a real baby daddy. So she's going to go marry the boy she thinks is the baby daddy. And I'm like, no, girl, do another test. Do another test. But there it is. That's all. So oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah. so those are our current watches. Oh, so much. Um, this I, I think we're going to end the space here. Thank you so much for joining me, Joy and Josie. This has been so much fun. As I said at the beginning, I this is um, 
the second drama um chat that I've done for call in, but it's but is I'm gonna try to make it officially a sub podcast of my main podcast Beyond the Romance, which is my main drama podcast slash YouTube channel. And um so I'm gonna try to maybe do this every other week, so like two times a month. So the next episode won't be next week, it will be the week after because I'm gonna try to do it after tomorrow is finished. Um uh <laughs> and yeah, I have so much to say about that drama. So so much. Um but again, thank you so much for joining me for for the listeners for listening in. Vladdy, there is um Il Mio Il Mio, sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, and Ray. Thank you for listening in. And for anyone who's going to be listening in after I released the recording, thank you so much for your time. This was uh, the funny thing about this is I had started this at two, which is when I had said that it was that it was scheduled to start. And then lo and behold, the audio was off and I didn't realize it. Uh, so the beginning of the, this episode is kind of like wonky, but you know, that's the fun thing I think about recording. Everything can be perfect. I'm going to try to embrace the imperfections. Um, but you can find me on Twitter and Instagram with using my handles, Carrie at Carrie CNH, so that's C-R-I-E-C-N-H-1-2. I'm also the co-host of the Stay Here's What Happened podcast, which is found on com as well as on Acast and other podcast streaming platforms. I am a Rotten Tomatoes approved film critic, journalist, podcaster, and YouTuber. So I'm accredited, people. I'm also a member of the African American Film Critics Association. You can find all of my linked information in my Twitter, like in my Linktree account. You can find links to my YouTube channel, my podcast channels, my writing is on my authority page under my name, Carolyn Hines. That's C-R-O-L-Y-N-H-I-N-D-S. Um, I am a member of AFCA, of the African American Film Critics Association. And we've been doing round, virtual roundtables with Black film creatives. Um, talking about their work in the industry and those are on their app on the Africa channel as well as my segments are on my YouTube channel. Thank you so much again for listening to me. I hope you guys enjoy this. I will be through when I release this, I'm probably going to edit it and try to release this either today or tomorrow, Sunday. But in the weeks coming, I'm going to be interviewing film creatives and television creatives. Um, there's Amanda Paris who wrote and created Revenge of the Black Best Friend, which is a Canadian um, comedy series showing on the Gem streaming platforms. So if you Google, you can just Google it, Revenge of the Black Best Friend, and watch it for free on Gem TV, which is a Canadian channel. And I've also done, I've previously done an interview with the cast. So you can find that here on Call In under my podcast in the episodes. You can find episodes for that, as well as episodes I've, where I spoke to the directors and the founders of Oya Media Group to talk about their, the Canadian Heritage Minute they did on Chloe, um, on, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on her name, um, on this black, she was an, an enslaved black woman, but she actually helped to shape, to change the, um, the history of Canadian, of Canada, and especially legal history in Canada, um, due to her forced, her, <clears throat> excuse me, her forced enslavement and escape from a Canadian slaver here in Ontario. Yes, in case you didn't know, black people were enslaved in Canada too. Um so I spoke to them and I so there's like three episodes right now as I'm recording on here on Colin and this will be the first episode and I'm gonna have episodes going forward. There's gonna be the New York African Film Festival um where I'm gonna have a couple interviews with one of the directors of the festival as well as interviews with one of the di- directors who of, of a film Frida who will be having her film platform during the festival going forward. And um, if you have, if there's anything you would um, like to know about me, again, I'm always on Twitter. 
that's how I keep my brain active and keep myself from being lonely. <laughs> um, and if you want to know more about my drama watches, I use the hashtag Dramas with Carrie, which is in the description box here on Colin. Um, and you can see the threads that I've been doing for the dramas that I've been that I'm that I've currently watching and have previously watched. And I'm also the co-host of Saturday Night Sci-Fi, which is a live tweet live watching event co-hosted by myself and my friend. Every Saturday night, at 10 p.m. Eastern, we do a different film, TV show. Um, sometimes we even do short films um, from around the world. So not only just North American produce, um, productions, but we do films from like Germany, Asia, all across Europe, Africa. We have a mini, um, I call it a mini digital film festival. Or I call it a live tweet festival where we live tweet short films um, by independent creatives. So that's something we do like every quarter. So we do it like three to four times a year. We have one coming up possibly at the end of summer. But tonight, as I'm recording, we will be doing Blade 2. And um, the next week, you can just look at the hashtag Saturday Night Sci-Fi and see what upcoming films or TV shows we'll be live tweeting. I think the one for next week is going to be The Host by Bong Joon-ho. That's one of my favorite horrors. That's such a good one. It has such good social commentary. Um, so that one is on Netflix, but we'll be live tweeting it next Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern. So again, thank you everyone for listening to me. I hope you enjoy this. Um, I'm going to try to keep this regular. Yes, I'm going to try to keep the drama watches regular. I'm gonna, I've am gonna. i been sick for a while, so I, I fell behind in my recording. But again, thank you so much. Bye. And I'm going to end the room here. <laughs>